Written on July 4th, 2020. This is called Weeds. It is times like these that I hearken the tale of a gardener whose beds were pristine. He was famous and took many picks of his flowers. His displays were impeccably clean. Huzzah! Hooray! What's your secret? they'd ask. And the gardener would smirk and respond, My secret's my skill. It's better than yours. Plus, my soil's above and beyond. And so this continued, four years plus four more, until no one else dared plant a seed. The gardener did not just promote his own skill, he told others they couldn't succeed. He told all the neighbors their soil's at fault. He claimed those around him lacked skill. He convinced every person around him, in fact, that each weed in their garden proved ill. Now weeds, as we know, are a pesky-type plant always growing no matter the place. The resilience of weeds is remarkable. Yes, somehow weeds keep on showing their face. The truth about weeds is that they will return, unless they are pulled at the roots. The gardener off just pulled the weeds by their leaves, portraying no weeds, and with proof. Just look at my garden, and then look at yours, he'd explain every morning and night. Look at those weeds in your beds. I have none. I'm the only one doing it right. The gardener, however, had weeds like the rest. He just spent more time hiding that growth. He discouraged the others from doing the same until he looked much better than most. However, the ground underneath where we walk was riddled with roots gone unchecked. His garden was truly as bad as his peers, but he bragged that his garden was best. The greatest of threats to our growth is below, beneath what is easily seen. It's much harder to pull out a weed by its roots. It's quite easy to rip off the green. Convincing ourselves that the roots aren't the source and constantly ripping at leaves only brings back more weeds in my garden and yours until we all just roll up our sleeves. It's effort we need, it's hard work, and it's truth, for weeding is futile by trade. The absence of weeds isn't possible, but a reduction of roots can be made. I'm Louis Bianco, RNCPS, and this is episode 15 of Patient U.S. Initials used for confidentiality. Take it away, boy. I'm like a snake in the rat race. I'm feeding that will, yet I'm needing it still. Believe me, that's not easy to feel. So just pipe down. The last thing that I need is advice. All I needed was nice. Go ahead and read me my rights. You only care about your own perception. And that's why I never get your soul attention. Attention, attention. I need attention. I need to feed off friendship and presence. I need applause and some pats on the back. Just a couple of claps, enough to keep me comfortable fast. Attention, attention. I need attention. I need to feed off fake threats and questions. I need remand, so punish me. It's better than nothing. Please, something I'm hungering. Please. Attention, attention. I need good morning, attention. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning, and how do you do? I am Louis Bianco, RNCPS, and today is Friday, August 28th, 2020. And on this day in history, Martin Luther King Jr. spoke 
at Washington, D.C., a big, historic, momentous occasion by a, by a true hero in my book, an idol of mine. If you, if you look at the hero's, the hero's journey, which I'm very fascinated by, he checks all the boxes. There are heroes amongst us, and sadly, they need to have the courage and bravery of a hero because we often don't like them. What is that song that I always think about? I need a hero. I'm holding out for a hero till the end of the night. That's Bonnie Tyler, by the way. For any of you who are wondering, maybe we have some footloose buffs out there. Although I have not really advertised this yet because there's a lot of work to do here, patient U.S. And today, on episode 15, it's our first ever... Part two, we are doing, drumroll please, social media. Part two, coming, coming in August. It's social media part two. This time it's personal. I don't know. Try to keep things entertaining. I have so much to talk about, but I understand that I talk so much. Oof. Living with awareness is not easy. It's taxing. It's exhausting, patient U.S. And I fear this whole, uh, this whole social media business may have truly accelerated the entire process. We have been made aware of more than we are at any moment age-appropriately capable of retaining. Social media has shown so many lights on so many threats that as a young, intuitive, child, patient U.S., you are fearful to do just about everything and also brave enough to do just about everything. And here comes contradiction. Here comes that pull. We think about What's bipolar at its core? Very low and very high. And imagine that the low is vacuumous and that the high is gravitous. Or that the low can erupt and the high can collapse. And, and here sits patient U.S. right in the middle of it. We are aware of too much, and social media is one of those reasons. So as we get into social media part two, we're just going to talk even more about what it actually is. I'm sitting here today. I usually check my social media feed uh, just once a day, and I'm thinking about all these ideas, and I just can't wait to keep going. There is a level of boundaries that we are ignoring because we are not directly next to each other in person. A level of comfort as if we are in the same room. But if we really were in the same room, none of us would be behaving the way we are behaving on social media. Example, somebody sends you a friend request. And who even knows what that word means anymore, by the way? Somebody sends you a friend request. You don't respond to it. We're going to break this one down because this is a simple one, but it'll expose 
the just complete rampant miscommunication that's occurring from both sides. What is the job of the person receiving that friend request? Decline immediately? In a society where we have seen people literally be aware of removing them from your friends list, blah, 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 blah. I don't even feel mature talking about it. Um, there, there have been huge toxicity dumps when, when people try to separate on social media. When people decline on social media, this, this great fear of, am I going to be talked about in a different light? Are people going to think I'm a jerk if I hit decline? All of these things are strange. They are complex emotions that we are experiencing through a device based on our perception of what a person is doing. Let's say I don't hit decline. Let's say I do nothing. Complete passivity. I don't look at it. I don't accept it. Or maybe some people get so fearful that they accept it. They're so fearful of how they will be viewed that they just immediately accept. Who knows? There's lots of reasons. Maybe you want to have the most the most friends. Let's say I leave it. I get another invite. So the nonverbal cues are not being seen, understood, processed, because guess what? There's no verbalization occurring. Another friend invite after left unchecked. Another, another, never declined, never accepted, never ending. There is a very high level of pressure coming through your phones, through social media. We can take this even further. We have seen Patient US currently involved in the situations that are occurring, which I always do my best to try to <clears throat> circumvent because there are roots. There are roots to human behavior that if addressed will help improve human behavior. That is why we did that poem at the beginning. Pulling the leaves up will make you feel like the roots are gone for a week and they will be back. The problem is not fixed. Pulling the weeds. We need to get them at their roots. We need to till the soil. We need to nurture the soil. And on a daily basis, we need to tend to it. Our minds are the same as a fertile soil. And there are too many weeds growing. This is occurring because we are just constantly planting more and more seeds. And there's only a certain amount of availability in our minds. Social media has done you a disservice, patient U.S., Social media has made you grandiose. Social media has swayed you into believing that your power is greater than it actually is, as you can see in reality right now where you are. Whatever you thought you were presenting, whatever you believed you had in the social media realm does not exist in places like this. This is a hard truth. What's worse is that parent number one and parent number two are both taking to social media about what you are experiencing, and I understand that you are not comfortable with that. 
and I apologize. I apologize, patient U.S., that your boundaries are being infringed upon because parent number one is writing so much, including intimate details, about what your tailspin is doing to them. Parent number one is telling all of these friends that we just simply click accept to when they send us a request. Parent number one is telling all of them about what is happening to you at this moment, a situation in which you are not proud of, comfortable with, or feeling safe during. Patient U.S., Parent number one is actually seeking validation in this moment while you are trapped here in this locked psychiatric unit. And yet I will challenge you to just get past this hurdle. And the only way to get past the frustration you would experience seeing those posts that are frustrating you is to look away from said posts. They will always be there. This all goes back to another issue we've been experiencing, Patient U.S., this issue of chosen resistance. I'm going to continuously go back to something that is continuously holding me back. Is it possible, Patient U.S., that you are more scared of moving forward than you are angry of being held back? Is the fear of a safety net being gone? Is the fear of failure, of falling flat on your face, so great that the life, emotions, and mentality you are currently existing with is better than what it could possibly be if said growth occurred? Is this truly what we are saying? Because this is your classic uh, it, it's a comical movie. You have the, the nerdy kid going up against the jock and the nerdy kid is pulling his friend onto him saying, hold me back, hold me back or I'll get him. And everybody laughs because he wants to be held back. He's scared of the jock. And I apologize. Let's throw the preface out. I have two apologies here. I apologize if you think my usage of uh, the nerdy or, or jock or whatever I've said is offensive. I'm just trying to set a scene for you using terms that are used in the Hollywood business. And I apologize again if any of the terms I used were offensive to you. I also apologize that we haven't done as many commercials. But this is, I only get half an hour and this is my last segment on social media unless I do part three, part four, and part five. Because guess what? Patient U.S., parent number two is taking to social media as well. Parent number two doesn't want people to know what you are experiencing. However, parent number two is experiencing complex emotions. And what are we seeing from parent number two? We are seeing a little bit more provocative and inflammatory material. Polarized material. Opinionated insulting material because they're going to get their fix, but they're going to do it differently. You have parent number one seeking sympathy. You have parent number two seeking control. You have the attention and you have the control. However, what parent number two doesn't want to admit is that in their forceful attempts to gain control, they are also seeking attention. But don't you ever dare say it. Oh my gosh. 
Never. Don't you ever dare say that I'm trying to get attention. Isn't that the most insulting? We have turned that into such an insult that we are afraid to admit we need it. That's parent number one and parent number two's fault. Constantly telling you, oh, you just need attention. So we're teaching patient U.S. to deny themselves to the point that they then self-indulge using platforms like social media and get themselves into a whole heck of a lot of trouble because boundaries do not exist on that plane. And if boundaries do not exist within said person, within patient U.S., then they have no protection. It's bumper cars. But at higher speeds, with greater damage, there is strain being put on this family. And because of their inability to handle said strain, they are creating more strain in their coping mechanisms of dealing with this strain. Crisis breeds crisis. Trauma breeds trauma. The blast radius of any singular person experiencing a crisis is greater than one. And we have got to start looking past just patient U.S., there is dysfunction here, and some of this dysfunction exists because of social media. Sadly, I hate to be the person getting on that, uh, what is it called? What am I getting on? I'm getting on the bus. I'm getting on the, this is a, uh, I wish I had game show music. And we're going to need a, a final answer. Uh... I'm going to go with bandwagon. Bandwagon, is that your final answer? Yes. I'm getting on the bandwagon. Survey says... I'm a winner. That was kind of a commercial, but I, I don't really have much to advertise. I wrote a book, a lovely book called Mental Health, Disability, Perception versus Reality. That's by Louis Bianco, RNCPS. That is available on Amazon.com. That's an ebook form or paperback, paperback. I want my paperback, paperback, paperback. Just in case there's new listeners. I think I'll throw that out there just in case we have a new audience ever, but who knows. So here we are again. Social media. What is it doing to our young, fertile minds? Well, I can tell you that it's creating a great pressure, a great social pressure. Imagine being in school with all of your friends and everything being fine in person and then fearing what will happen at home when all of your friends who are nice to you become their alter egos on social media. They become faces. They become heels. It's like pro wrestling. And what we are sadly seeing, please believe me, patient U.S., is that we are becoming our characters. We can't ditch the gimmick. If we have a certain set of followers, if we put up a video that got a certain set of likes, we dive further in. I'm becoming Louis Jojo. I'm Louis Jojo, not Louis. Look at me. 
I better put a post up for my fans. I better put a post up for my followers. People really care. People really need to know that I'm working on something. I can't just quietly work on it and share my product. No, I'm going to tell them every day that I have an idea. When I was doing that, I wasn't doing well. As I feverishly point to my head, I've been using my hands a lot more lately when I talk. I'm not sure if it's going to get me in trouble or I, I believe it will emphasize what I'm trying to say. Very difficult to tell on a podcast, but maybe someday we'll make it a webcast. We will turn the camera on maybe someday, but not today. I'm not ready. I have boundaries. What I'm seeing in my life as somebody who was taught what is healthy and what is not by doctors and other nurses and therapists, don't forget, folks, I have had 20 years of living with a mental illness. I was diagnosed way early. Too early. I was silenced. And I was also very smart. I was well-spoken. Here we are, years later. Decades later. I'm waking up and I'm watching a society around me exhibit the behaviors that got me locked up as a teenager. And I'm frustrated by it. Our growth is being deterred. Our discipline is waning. And our maturity is lacking. This is what happens with vehicles like social media that allow us to become our characters. The spotlight is not always on. And whatever light you shine on yourself is not necessarily the spotlight. The theater is not packed. We have lives we need to live, and we have a world that we need to heal. This is not the time for spewing conjecture or rhetoric or idea or hypothesis. This is the time to listen to fact. And if that is an incapability of yours at this moment, then I would encourage you, patient U.S., to put your phone down and go outside and take a deep breath of fresh air and listen to the birds and feel the breeze on your face. If you only use social media as your source of news, or even if you use it as any type of source of news, you may be enraged, Constantly. Paranoid. Constantly. Fearful for your life. Constantly. This is what we have created as a family. Patient U.S. exists in a home where parent number one and parent number two are on their phones constantly. Discussing what they are viewing on their phones Patient U.S. is hearing this and the culture is spreading. High energy emotion. High energy anger becoming outrage. High energy anxiety becoming paranoia and panic. High energy uh, 
misunderstandings, becoming threat. Don't be fooled by number of followers. Do not let your eyes stray too much to numbers. The perception of your numbers. Wondering if people think your numbers represent success or not. And inversely, stop looking at this stuff if you are looking for credible people to help you with these issues, patient U.S. Don't be fooled into checking to see how many followers somebody has to decide whether or not you are willing to listen to them. I did something when I spoke to a group of over 700 high school sophomores. I spoke for, I believe it was an hour, maybe it was half an hour, I don't remember. It was very nerve-wracking. Just constant uh, rotations of groups for half an hour speeches. I did 24 of them. Very cool, though. And at the end of my speech, I pulled out my flip phone because I can't afford a, a smartphone. And I held it up and I said, do any of you think that what I said is less credible because this is the phone I use? And they all stared at me and said no because they truthfully got the message and they weren't judging me. Not everybody is judging us. That is another misconception that has been created by social media that every living and waking moment you are being critiqued and analyzed. Some people, oh, and complimented. You are going to get your positive and your negative comments. You're going to get your likes and your angry faces. Here's another sad fact. When you start being pleased or amused by the angry faces and you start going into the honey hole that is negative attention, convincing yourself foolishly that that's your shtick because you're a heel. That's what I want. That's what I'm going for. I'm literally putting things up to be disliked on purpose. Like that's some sort of skill. There is nothing easier than being disliked on purpose. You are not clever coming up with some sort of immediate negative. There are millions of people who think it and there are just only a couple who say it. It is not bravery and it is not high level intelligence. The belief that you are the first person to say it is where we start looking at this grandiosity piece. Now, I would like to preface here that often when I start saying you and we and I, uh, I am not speaking to young patient U.S. I've really spoken more about their case to you, the listening audience, than I have uh, sp spoken directly to them. As we now go into our final words, I think we're, I'm not going to do this all the time, but this is a special commercial free edition. Wellness is probably going to, they're probably going to yank the deal we have because I, I've bypassed our advertisements today. Shame on me. I'm not good at commercializing. I can visualize things. I can bring them to a certain depth of reality. I still need help. I need help making these things actually real. I don't have the resources. I'm kind of at the bottom of the barrel. If I had patient U.S. in front of me right now, I would describe some of this negativity we are experiencing, some of these things we are seeing on social media. I would describe them or liken them to an autoimmune disease, a disease that causes the body to attack itself. If we look at the body 
as the family, as patient U.S., parent number one, parent number two, that's the body, the family. The family is attacking itself at this moment. This is autoimmune. The body, still functioning, is clearly sick as patient U.S. is here locked up in a psychiatric facility following a crisis that we have not even explained in great detail. Remember, sometimes detail alienates. Unless our true desire is to just be in individual bubbles where we have to feel special by making sure we have that one thing nobody else we know has, or having that one thing that uh, no one, nobody else but this one person we know has, but we have it worse than them. If these become our intentions, then we start to desire ailment, which is in and of itself concerning. Do not dive in to the individualistic bubble, believing that it'll make you unique because if everyone is diving into their individualistic bubble then diving in to your individualistic bubble is doing what everybody else is doing ultimately completely disproving the concept it is not unique if being unique is what everybody is doing then possibly controlling ourselves strategizing being patient, going the speed limit is something that is braver and more unique than anything else I know. Because of the amount of flack you will receive trying to do things by the rules. Even if the rules are wrong, you want to help fix those rules by following the rules. There's no attention. There's no immediate gratification for any of it. It's very hard work. It's very necessary. The only way it's possible is to turn the phone over. The only way this will be possible is to turn the phones off to stop looking at people's pictures and start looking at people's faces. An abrupt lifestyle change may be necessary. And how quickly you can get into that lifestyle change may decide how well you and, and your body survive this autoimmune disease. Please understand this, and I am not trying to scare you. We do not die from the autoimmune disease. We become so weakened. Our defenses become so weakened that other threatening ailments find their way in and that is what defeats us so as this body is crumbling patient us is at a higher risk of addiction at this moment parent number one is at a higher risk of addiction at this moment parent number two is at a higher risk of addiction has their distress tolerance decreased has their pain tolerance decreased are they barely holding on, but feeling an even greater pressure that they must, that their behaviors have changed, and they are starting to be seen through social media? These are all things we have to start asking. This is one of those autoimmune diseases that we can stave off. We don't have to let it 
destroy us from the inside. And if we don't pay attention and start making healthier choices, it will not be the end of us. But it will weaken us to a point that we will be at risk of greater dangers. As the weekend rolls around Patient US, I realize it's been a rough week. I put a high demand on some of the things I've spoken about. I've increased my intensity and my passion and spoken about truths as kindly as I can, but they are truths nonetheless, truths that I learned because of spending 20 years at this point. I'm 37, I got diagnosed at 15. As a mentally ill, mental, well, I mean, I don't even know how to say it. I have received mental health care for 20 plus years. That's how you say it. And I've also worked as a psychiatric charge nurse on psychiatric units. I've also used granted positions to get more jobs in local facilities for peer specialists. As a professional, I have devoted my time to this. As a human being, I have devoted my life to this. And as a consumer, I have suffered from this. So the question, patient US, soon becomes, if you are not listening, that is your choice. I am here. I am in support of you. I believe in your ability. And I am patient, US.